And over the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at what it means to be free in Christ, to be a free child of God. We are going to be doing that by studying the book of Galatians. I encourage you to read ahead every week. Today we're doing chapters one and two. They're really short. Like when I say a chapter, a chapter is less is a page in my book. One page, right? Um, next week we're doing three and four, and then we're doing five and six separately. You could read the all of Galatians every week, and uh, you would be blessed because of it. So just know that. Today we are going to be reading specifically from Galatians 1, 6 through 10, and Galatians 2, 19 through 21. Here's what the scripture tells us. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion, trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one that you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And I now, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people who are still trying, or if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And then Galatians 2 continues on by saying, For though through the law I died, so that the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, well, then Christ died for nothing. This is the word for the, uh, for, of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God indeed. I have been struggling with my health a little bit, maybe some of you know. Um, (laughs) I had a stroke a few weeks ago, and there are so many things that people say about how to take care of yourself in the midst of a health crisis, right? This one's new to me, and if you go look online, there's going to be 17, well, 100, 17,000, 17 million different people who tell you this is the way that you should live, this is the way you should eat, this is the way you should exercise, these are medicines you should take, these are the medicines you should not take if this has happened to you, right? And you can find somebody who basically tells you many different things. Same thing with Hashimoto's. I have Hashimoto's and I try and eat specially because of that. Um, It's a thyroid disorder and your thyroid works with your metabolism. And so I have tried all of the different things that people say you should and should not eat. I followed this person's way for a month, didn't work. I followed this person's way for a month, didn't work. I followed this person's way for a month, didn't work. And it's so hard to figure out what it is you're supposed to do, right? And this is just in the realm of health. I'm sure those of you who have health issues, all of us have tried this one time or another. There's diets, right? If you want to lose weight, there's 17 million different diets you could try. And everybody tells you that this is the one. This is the one that's going to fix everything for you, right? If you have problems with shopping or gambling or pornography, there's people who tell you this is the way to get better. And they are proselytizers for their way, generally because that way worked for them for a period of time. 
You can find people who say, you need to live this way because that's the way we live in America to achieve the American dream. You work 65 years, you save while you're working 65 years so that after your 65 years, you can retire and never work again. <laughs> How's that working out for everybody here, huh? Right? The world around us has all of these prescriptions for what will bring happiness, for what will bring freedom in your life. Because really, in our health issues, we're seeking freedom from our health issues. From our weight issues, we're seeking freedom from the tyranny of food. For those of us who have shopping or pornography or gambling or anger, some of you have real issues with anger. It's a, it's a little friend and you like it. You stroke that little beast when it comes up, right? You're like, oh, I feel it. I'm right about this. I'm right about this. And everybody's going to know that I'm right about this. But when we're feeling better, we know we need help. We know we need freedom from those things that enslave us, really. These issues that follow us, no matter how hard we try, no matter whose prescriptions we try, we just can't get freedom. So over the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at what freedom is. In my newsletter, if you got it, I said the first thing we have to do is define freedom. Because if you asked one person, our children had many different things of what freedom is. And I'm sure all of us have many different ideas of what freedom is. And you're going to love me for what I say next. I'm not going to define it for you today. Ha! You have to come back or you have to watch it online the next few weeks because over the next few weeks, we're going to just discern together, learn together what freedom is. And we're going to start today by learning what freedom is not. We're going to start by looking at what freedom is not. And we're going to do that in Galatians. The Galatians were people, a church that Paul started we studied Philippians for a few weeks, and we looked at a church that Paul started. And again, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to a church that he cannot be with in person. And he's writing to them because he loves them. He's writing to them because he cares about them, and he's writing to them because they're messing it up. We don't write so much anymore. We get phone calls. Let's say, Alyssa, I'm really disappointed in you. You got that wrong this week. You should have gotten a 95 when you got a 83. I really am so trying to be a better mother. If it's 80 and above, I don't say anything. It used to be, Maylee, why'd you get a 98? Why didn't you get those two extra points, right? But this is Paul saying to the Galatians, not, hey, you had a 98. Why didn't you get a 100? He's really saying to them, you are failing. Not just failing, but failing spectacularly at following the gospel that I taught to you when I first met you. And here's what he says to them. And it, oh, I am astounded, he says, I am astounded that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. I am astounded, Paul says. Now, we need a little bit of context here, so I'm glad you're here today because today's context day where I tell you about these people, where I tell you about Paul. If you know friends who aren't here today or are going to be here for further weeks, make sure they listen to today's message because if I did this every week, we wouldn't have time to talk about the rest of it. But the context is so important. The people of Galatia were mainly Gentiles mixed with Jews. 
Paul was the apostle who was sent to spread the word of Jesus Christ, not to the people who had grown up knowing about God, but to the people who had never heard about God before. So that means they didn't grow up with the how many rules? How many laws did they have? 613. These people did not grow up with the 613 laws that the Jewish people lived with in their tradition. They didn't really know about God, or they celebrated many gods, as was the time, as was the tradition in that time. These people gave up what they did believe and accepted that Jesus Christ came and lived and died so that they could be free. So that they could be free. And in this letter, Paul tells them how they're spectacularly failing at being free. You see, part of the world during that time was this tension between those who grew up with those 613 laws and those who did not. And the people who grew up with the 613 laws, they believed that Jesus, not all of them, but most of them believed that Jesus came, that Jesus died, that Jesus was resurrected. They claimed Jesus as their Savior, but they didn't want to give up the law. They thought you had to bring the two together. They didn't understand that Jesus came to fulfill the law. They thought that Jesus came, that Jesus died, yay, woohoo! But that also you still lived culturally the way that they had been used to. I mean, and you could understand that, right? If you had grown up your whole life, it wasn't just a religion for them anymore. It was a way of life. It was a tradition for them. This is the way that their parents had lived, their grandparents had lived, their great-great-great-grandparents had lived. For generation after generation, these people believed that these laws were a way of life that was important. So for them to understand that Jesus came to set them free from those laws was really hard. And so in this tension, they claimed this idea. They would say that, yes, Jesus is who Jesus says Jesus was, but that you also had to live culturally ethnically, ethnically like a Jewish person. So that meant to them that anybody who was a Gentile, who didn't grow up believing in these laws, that they needed to start not only following Jesus, but also following these laws. And you know what the biggest law was that was most noticeable? is the law of circumcision. You see, anyone who grew up Jewish as a baby was circumcised. It was one of the 613 rules, laws, traditions that they followed. Every Gentile who came to know Jesus, guess what? They were not circumcised. And what the Jewish believers were trying to make part of the gospel, were trying to make part of the life of following Christ, was that if you came to follow Jesus, no matter how old you were, you needed to be circumcised. How fun would that be? Hey, you can come join us at Midway. We accept everybody as long as, as long as you're willing to have your buddy cut up. Your body cut up is what that was supposed to say. Can you imagine? And there's this tension, these people who had real good intentions, right? I don't believe that their intentions are bad. I don't believe that they wanted to pull people aside from Jesus' real teaching. They were just struggling to let go of what they knew to be true and accept 
what Jesus said was new and real and alive, and what Paul had taught them when, the, when the, he first came and shared the news of Christ. So what Paul is saying to them, as we look at the scripture, well, Paul's saying a lot of things. I'm going to pull just a few things out, <laughs> or otherwise you'd be here all day and you'd be really mad because you'd be hungry. And you'll, all of you would be going like this, if I said all of them, right? But what we're going to look at today are three things that Paul said about freedom. They're not bullet points. I wish this was all bullet points. Hey, do this, 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 don't do this, 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 right? No, you have to read. You have to pull the bullet points out yourself. And so what Paul is saying is that I cannot believe that you have been influenced enough by these people that some of you are getting circumcised in order to follow Christ in faith. Paul is saying you have perverted the gospel. In fact, if that is true, if you had to do these things, if tradition is what made you a follower of Christ, then why did Christ come at all? If tradition and rules are what make you a believer, if tradition and rules and the way of the world are what make you a follower of Christ, then why did Christ even have to come and die on the cross, a cross that was full of shame? Jesus didn't need to come for that because you were already doing that, right? You were doing that and you were failing at it because there is not one person who was able to live fully into those 613 laws. They would have told you they were, but there's not one person who could. And Jesus had to come to set us free from these laws. So the first thing that Paul points out, Paul says, I'm going to pull this one because it's bigger. <laughs> I'm getting to that age where uh, my sight is not so great. The first thing that Paul says is that well, one of the things that Paul says is that he says in verse 10, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And in this statement, I think it's very clear to us that what Paul is saying is that freedom in Christ, the freedom experienced through Christ, the freedom that we were born to receive from Christ, does not come from making people happy. And I know some of you out here spend your whole life trying to make other people happy. You struggle because in order to make Bob happy, you have to make Cindy really mad, <laughs> right? You struggle because in order to do what you believe is right in this circumstance, you're going to feel like you let 25 people down. And there's no way, and we know this in our heads, we know that there's no way to make everybody happy, so then we start choosing who we're going to make happy and who we're going to let down, right? We start, we, I don't know if we do it intentionally or if we do it just naturally, but we start putting people in, in little groups. Well, this group of people, I'm really going to work to make this group of people happy. I'm going to really work to follow what these people say. I'm going to really work to do what these people believe I should do. Now, at work, that might get you far, Right? You might get promoted, you might get noticed, if your goal is to make your boss happy. But if our boss is the person that's the number one person in our, our purview, then we're leaving a lot of people behind. Not only are we leaving other people behind, we are leaving Jesus behind. Because your boss is not Jesus. If you are here today to make me happy, you're failing. Because in, in trying to make me happy, you've left Jesus 
behind. If you are here today because your grandmama would be really proud of you, you're failing. Because you may be making your grandmama happy, but you've left Jesus behind. Right? If you eat a certain way to make your doctor happy, well, you're failing because you've left Jesus behind. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean I don't need to do anything my doctors tell me to do? Well, I mean, sure, I could do that. Probably have another stroke, right? So there's a balance there, right? I need to follow the wisdom. I need to listen to the wisdom. Not follow. I need to listen to the wisdom. I need to listen to what's being told to me. But then I need to discern what it is, not what the doctor wants, but what God wants. I need to discern what God wants in this situation, not what my boss wants. I need to discern what God wants, not my mama. Brennan, don't listen to that one. I'm kidding. Because it's true. You need to discern what God wants for you in your life, not your mom, not your dad, not your sister, not your brother, not your coworkers. What does God want for you? And it may be for you to follow a particular diet because that might be what's best for you in this time. And that's where you get freedom. Not in following the diet, but in following Christ. Trusting that Christ wants this for you. Trusting that Christ is going to walk with you in this. Not putting your faith in the diet. Not putting your faith in the medicine, but putting your faith in Christ who has led you to this point and is going to walk with you throughout the rest. It's putting your faith in Christ instead of in the education system, which tells you you have to go to school and then you have to finish high school. If you haven't finished high school, well, in America, in America, you're somehow lesser of a human being. Is that how God sees those people who somehow, for whatever reason, didn't make it through high school? You know I dropped out of high school my second semester of my senior year. You know this, right? I've told you, maybe you've forgotten, but I dropped out of high school. What if I didn't have this pool inside of me that kept me back in the education system, that helped me to get my degree? What if I didn't have that? Would that make me lesser of a human than I am today in your eyes. For some people, yes. What I tell my kids, what I've told Brennan through college is that you don't need to listen to what the people tell you you should do. You need to be asking Christ what you should do with your life. God made you. God knows what your talents and gifts are. God knows what you're good at and what you're not good at. And listen, I spend a lot of years trying to be really good at the things I'm never, ever, ever going to be good at. And judging myself because I couldn't be good at them. But other people were. Instead of accepting that that's the way God made me. So what does that mean for my life? Freedom is letting go of the need to make people happy and accepting that all that matters, and this is so hard, all that matters is making God happy and following God's plan for your life, no matter what other people think. The other thing that freedom is not, freedom is not tradition. Paul says in Galatians 2, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. In another translation, this says, I gave up being a man of a law so I could be a man of God. See, for a lot of us, especially Christians, and we'll get to this in a few weeks, but for a lot of us, tradition is why we're here today. 
Tradition is why you're a little bit upset we're not here at 11 o'clock today. We were here at 10. Because that's what you know. That what is what is normal to you. That is what you did with your grandparents and with your parents. And that is what church is to you. Right? And that's what happened here to the people of Galatia. They had these 613 laws, these 613 traditions, and that is what faith was to them. And they didn't know how to set aside tradition so they, they could accept the fullness of freedom of Jesus Christ. Freedom is not following something that your grandparents did because it's what they did, not following what your parents did because it's what they did. Freedom is instead looking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, right now in this time, what is it that I should be doing? And for some of you, it's not being here at church. You should be on a mission field. And I bless you. And you know what? That mission field could be working at Walmart. That mission field could be working at a paint shop. Shaking those paint cans. That job looks really fun, by the way. It's not. <laughs> I should have known, Andrew. I should have known I was going to walk into that. <laughs> Freedom is setting aside tradition, setting aside the laws, and accepting the way that Christ wants us to live. Now, does that mean that I get to go how, as fast as I want to on the, on the road? No. Does that mean that I can take somebody's life if I want to because God, you know, sent Jesus to set us free from the law? No. We'll get more into that. But tradition and the law cannot be the end point, cannot be the reason, cannot be why we're here today, cannot be why we are in faith because that is why Christianity is full of hypocrites. That is why Christianity is a place most people don't want to join us. Because we have made tradition the point, and we've told people, you're not following my tradition. You have not gotten circumcised. Or, you haven't been at church in a long time. You're obviously a sinner. Now, granted, church is a great place to be, because then you're not doing life alone. And when I mean life alone, we talked about community before. It's great to have community at home. But this community is holy and special, because it is on a mission to set the world free. This community is important, but it is not the purpose. Jesus is the purpose. So if you are doing things in your life because it's what you've always done, you need to look at those things and say, Jesus, do I continue? And maybe, yes, you continue. But then, maybe, no. That's not my plan for you. I know your dad was in this business and your grandpa was in this business, but I didn't make you to follow in their footsteps, and I know that you would feel bad letting them down, but that's not what I made you for. That is not what I made you for. And freedom comes not from following the ways of the world, not from tradition, not from making people happy. It comes from being free of those things, as a matter of fact. It comes from following Jesus. And the only way that you and I can be the visible presence of Jesus in our communities is if we're willing to take a risk and let some people down. If we're willing to take a risk and have people look at us and tell us we're crazy. That's the only way we can show the love like we're supposed to show it, is to look a little crazy. 
is to be a little silly. Some of my favorite worship songs that you hear on the radio have to do about being silly for God, being seen as stupid for God, being seen as crazy for God. And that doesn't mean standing with a bullhorn. And I'm going to judge all of you who stand with a bullhorn. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unless you tell me God himself spoke this to you in a dream, which he probably would. So never mind. All of you who scream with a bullhorn, stop. But our point, our goal is to be a little crazy for God in terms of the way this world thinks, in the terms of the way Christianity thinks, in the terms of the way your parents and your grandparents might think. Because you're not following them, you're following Jesus. And that's where you experience freedom. Next week, we'll take another step into this world of understanding what it means to be free in Christ. But for the rest of this week, your challenge your challenge is to look at your life and to see where it is you're doing things simply because that's the way it's always been done instead of seeking Jesus' place, Jesus' wisdom, Jesus' guidance and counsel for you in those spaces. It will be hard. It should be hard. But it will bring you freedom and it will bring you peace. And imagine what this world would look like if every Christian was following Jesus instead of all of that other stuff. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for today. So many of us seek freedom in the ways of this world, in the traditions of this world, in the patterns of this world, through our doctors, through our teachers. But the only way we can experience true freedom is by following you and setting the rest of that aside. And it's hard to do that because in the process, we will let some people down. But in letting them down, we're lifting you up. And the more that we do that, God, I know that your light will shine brighter in the spaces where we are. So give us courage, give us encouragement, and give us hope as we take the risk. It's in your name we pray. Amen.